Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you want to be baptized and be part of our baptismal service, we're going to have a baptismal service next Sunday morning, July the 7th. So if you want, if you have kids that have asked about it, have talked about it, you can see me after service, and I'll give you a little more detail about that. This coming Wednesday night is July the 3rd. We will not be having our midweek service here this week. Give you, some time, give you guys time off to spend with the family. And so how many of you guys are glad to be here this morning? Man, I, I'm telling you, I am, I am pumped to be here this morning. I'm glad and excited to see what God's going to do. I know there are a lot of people that are out because of vacation and other things, but man, God's going to speak to us this morning. Amen. How many of you guys come expecting something from God today? Pray with me. Father, we love you. God, thank you for this fantastic day. God, thank you for life, because God, you give us life. The God, that we would not be here this morning, God, if you did not breathe that breath of life into us. So we're thankful for that today, God. We are able to breathe and, and be who we are today because of you. So God, I pray that you would touch this offering. Bless it. Bless everyone that's here this morning in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 3 this morning. We're going to be continuing on the, on the topic of you've been called out. Last week I started a sermon series called You've Been Called Out. I really didn't intend it to be a sermon series, but I really feel like this is the direction that God's calling us to go in for the next several weeks um, and so I want to share a little joke with you this morning, and, and it says this. It says, it says, Haley, age four, heard a thunderstorm rumbling overhead, and she asked her parents and grandparents to listen to it. After the thunder stopped, Haley told everyone to be quiet for just a moment, and then she began to pray and ask God to stop the thunder and the lightning. Immediately after she said amen, another clap of thunder was heard in the distance. Haley looked up towards heaven and said these words, God, apparently you're not listening. Wow, okay. Man, I thought it was funny this morning. Anyway, how many ever feel like God's not listening to you? You know, you pray a prayer, you say all the things that you feel like you're supposed to say in your heart, and then it's just like nothing's going on, nothing's happening. I want to tell you this morning is this, is God's listening to you. God sees where you are. God knows what's happening in your life, and He knows exactly what you need. So, so just remember that this morning, no matter where you are, no matter where you may find yourself in this life or what you may find going on in your life, God knows where you are this morning, and He hears your prayers. And so, so this morning, I want to continue on the topic of you've been called out. Last week, we looked at a moment where the angel of the Lord visited Gideon while Gideon was in the, wine, in the wine press, hiding. And in that moment, God was calling Gideon forth to become the next great leader that, is, that, is, that would lead his people out of the misery and out of the mess that they found themselves in. And I thought about this. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or even gave it any thought, but do you ever wonder just how patient God is? I mean, you look at what's going on in our world and everything that's happening around us and go, and you're just like, God... You must be the most patient person I have ever known in my life. Because if, I, if it was me, God, I, in just a moment, I would just like 
take it out. I would just change the situation. But, but God is patient. God's people understands what God's patience was because Israel found themselves time and time again in moments of misery. Just situation after situation after situation. It seemed like God was raising up another leader to go lead his people out of the mess and the misery that they had found themselves in. The frustration and the oppression or the, the depression that, that they found themselves in. God was leading people forward. He was sending people out to lead God's people out of those desperate times. I said last week in desperate times, God is ready to lead people out of the mess that they found themselves in. God desires for you and I to have an encounter with Him. He desires for you to have an encounter with Him, not just an experience. And you may say this morning, well, kind of an experience is, is, is kind of like an encounter, and it is. But when you encounter something, you walk away differently. It's not just an experience. I mean, when you encounter something, that encounter that you come face to face with, it changes who you are. It changes the way that you think. It changes how you act. You see, Gideon, that day at the wine press, had an encounter with God that changed his life forever. When you encounter something, you come face to face with it. You have a meeting with it. And it's usually unexpected. When you have an encounter with something, it's usually not expected. It's usually unexpected. And so when you have an encounter with something, you normally leave different. You normally leave changed. I remember when I had an encounter with God myself, and I met the Holy Spirit in my life for what I felt like for the very first time for me. And in that moment, God changed my life because I had an encounter with Him. I remember when I was driving home from work one day and I had been working in Birmingham at the time and I had, we had been doing some work in the public school systems, installing some phone systems and some other things and I had about forty dollars to $50,000 worth of phone equipment in the back of my truck and I knew that it was going to rain so I I'd, you know, unloaded it real quick and I was on my way home and I was driving down 59 almost to where the steel exit is and and it was, I mean, you ever had those moments where it's just, it was one of those rains where it was like it, would, like it was a toad strangler? You ever heard of that? A toad strangler, like it was just raining, just like you couldn't see. And I was driving really, really slow, and my wife was probably going, no, you wouldn't. But I'm telling you, I was driving really slow. And I remember this 18-wheeler just come past me, just flying past me. And it picked up my truck, the back of it, and it turned me sideways to where I went down an embankment. And just before I hit this ginormous tree, my, my truck straightened up, and I hit this tree head on. And I'm telling you, that was an encounter for me that changed everything about me that day. Because now when it rains, guess what? I'm, I'm gripped to the, I mean, I had an encounter. It was just like, I feel like the, every time it rains and it slips, I was like, whoa, whoa. It, it scared me. I had an encounter that changed how I drive. And if you ask my wife, she's like, no, you're telling a story. That is not true. But I'm telling you, it changed me that day. Because I had an encounter with that situation. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about one of the, moment, the most famous encounters that the Bible talks about. And it's a man named Moses who encountered God at the burning bush. He had an unexpected moment that changed his life forever. One of those moments, one of those expected moments that I was talking about that, that he wasn't ready for, that he wasn't prepared for. But he had an unexpected moment that, that changed his life forever. And so before I read 
that text this morning, I want to give you a little background check or a little background story about Moses. And you know it, you've read the story. But when Moses was born, his sister Miriam placed him in a basket and she put him into the Nile River to save his life. Well, we all know that he ended up in, uh, in the arms of Pharaoh's daughter and she took him and she raised him in Pharaoh's home. In other words, Moses was living a good life. He was living in the house of the most famous, most powerful man in the land at the time. He had everything that he needed. I'm sure that he didn't go without anything. Moses was about to, uh, one day would probably take uh, leadership of Pharaoh's throne. But at the age of 40, Moses had a misstep in his life. A moment that he wished he could go back and change, but he couldn't go back and change because of the, situ the situation. The story tells us that Moses goes out and he sees one of his brothers and he sees the, uh, the e Egyptian beating one of them. And in that moment, he was moved. He had compassion. He had this something that came over him as he was watching this take place. Being raised in Pharaoh's home, I'm sure that, that, that Moses knew the Egyptian ways. He knew their language. He knew their history. He knew everything about Egypt. But what I thought about that in that moment was this. But in the back of Moses' mind, he never forgot where he came from. He never forgot where he came from. So I want to tell you this morning is this, no matter, no matter what you go through in your life, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't forget about the, the promises and the blessings that God has given you in, the, in your life. Just because you're in a moment that maybe you're, that's unexpected, don't forget where you came from. Because every one of us in this room can testify to where we've been and to where we are now. And in the back of my mind, no matter what I go through, I have to keep telling myself, I remember where I was and I'm not that same person anymore no matter what I'm going through. So don't forget where you came from because God is continually blessing you in your life. So Moses did not forget where he came from. So in that moment, he looked around to see if people were watching. And the Bible says that he committed murder. And the Bible says that, that word got back to Pharaoh and, and he was going to kill Moses. So Moses, he fled for his life and he ends up in, in, in Midian where he spends the next 40 years of his life taking care of his sheep. Think about this, a man who was probably in line to sit on the throne at some point is now tending to his father-in-law's sheep on the backside of the desert. So Moses at 40 years old had a misstep in his life and now he's on the run. And now he's finding himself taking care of sheep to where he came from, where he was in the palace, would probably one day be a great leader or, a, you know, over Pharaoh's house, is now tending sheep in the desert, on the backside of the desert. So Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15 says this, so please stay with me. I know it's a lot of scripture, but just stay with me this morning as I read along. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, father the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that, that though the bush was on fire, that it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see, uh, and I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he, had, that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses answered, here I am. Do not come any closer, God says. Take off your sandals for you. The place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of, of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, up out of the land into the good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Cellulites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, out of, uh, the, my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and, and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said to him, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall then should I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and the name shall, shall call me from generation to generation. So think about this for a moment. Now when, when, God, when Moses is having this encounter, Moses is now 80 years old. So there's a 40-year gap between when Moses committed murder to where he has an encounter with God. There's a 40-year gap between his failure and to where he comes face-to-face -face with God. 40-year gap. So something was happening in that 40-year gap. So you have to understand that Moses is no longer in the spotlight. He is no longer the one who would take Pharaoh's throne. He is now taking care of his father's sheep. So in that 40 years, something was going on. God was doing something in Moses' life during that 40-year gap that was happening. So I want to tell you some few things this morning about this story. If you want to have an encounter with God that changes your life, number one is this, you got to get close to God. you got to stay close to God. Look at verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The area that Moses was hanging out in was better known as the place of God. It's where God was. It's where God was hanging out. It's where God was stationed. And that area where Moses was at would later on be called the Mount Sinai, where Moses would, would write the Ten Commandments by the Spirit of God that came upon him, a place where God's presence was manifested. So Moses is hanging out where God is. He's just showing up on the backside of the mountain, and he's there that day. But understand, he's in the presence of God. He's in the vicinity of God. So if you want to have an encounter with God, then listen to me, church. you got to stay close to him. you got to stay close to him where he's at. You can't allow yourself to drift away from him. You can't allow yourself to walk away from him. But you got to stay close. you got to hang out where God is. Before Moses ever had in the encounter with God, he had to get close to God. He had to hang out where God was. And so before he ever had that moment, he had to have, an, uh, he had to have a moment where he was close to God. 
And I thought about Samuel and where he was serving Eli in the temple and, and the reason why he encountered God but didn't even really know it was God at the time. Why? It's because he was hanging close to God. He was in the temple. I want to tell you something this morning. Just You can encounter God anywhere. It doesn't have to be in here. That when God died on the cross, or when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, which gave us access to, to Jesus and to God anywhere at any time. We don't have to be in church to have an encounter with God. We can ride down the road in our car and have an encounter with God. I can be cutting grass and have an encounter with God. As long as I stay close to God, then I will have an encounter with God. I will be able to hear God. I will be able to feel God. And I will be able to, to, to understand that God is doing something in my life if I stay close to Him. You see, some of us this morning, we want a long-distance relationship with Jesus. As long as God stays over there and then I over here, then everything is going to be okay. I just want to keep God in an arm's length. I want to keep God over there. I don't want you to come any closer, God. If you'll just stay there, then I'll stay here and everything will be okay. Understand this, as long as God stays over there, He's not going to be able to do what He needs to in your life that He wants to. It's hard for God to meet your needs when you have a long-distance relationship with Him. It's hard for God to meet your needs when you have a long-distance relationship with Him. We serve God. Listen, we want to serve God from a distance. And what happens is when we serve God from a distance, it allows other things to come between us and where God is. So the closer that you keep that gap between you and God the closer that you'll stay to God. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have situations. What it means is that when you have problems, that you know who to go to. You don't have to go try to find something else to fill the void or the need in your life. You go to the one who you're very close to, and that's God. So if you'll, if you'll keep yourself close to God, God would give us those encounters. You see, Moses, by what we understand, he was a Christian. He was a believer, but you got to understand he hadn't had a close encounter with God that changed everything yet in his life. He'd just kind of been going through the motions like many Christians do today. We want something from God, but we're not willing to get close to God to receive it. We want something from him, but we're not, cl- we're not willing to draw us close to him to receive what God has for us. Are you with me this morning? It's hard to come face to face with something when it's long distance away. You see, we have a great technology today called FaceTime. Anybody ever FaceTime before? FaceTime and all these other. You can pick up this little device or your computer, and you can call and you can talk to people on the screen, and they can see you and you can see them. Technology is amazing. Where it, they can be in another country, another place in the, in the world, another state. I better put that down before I throw it out in the audience. Um, they can be anywhere else, and you can see them on the screen. And even though that seems really cool, can I tell you this this morning? I would much rather have the person sitting beside me than see them on a screen. Because if they're long distance, I can't can't touch them. I can't sense them. I just see them. But see, when you have a close relationship with God, he's sitting there beside you. You can reach over and touch him. You can reach over and, and grab a hold of him when you're going through problems. You can't do that when he's long distance away. So don't serve God from a long distance. Draw close to him. Get close to him so you you can have those encounters with him that changes your life forever. Don't be okay with just serving God from long distance, but serve God close to where he's at. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. And I love what it says next. As one 
to a friend. Moses and God had face-to-face conversations. He was close enough to see God. He was close enough to understand where God was and feel God's presence. They had a close relationship with one another where they saw one another. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verses 10 says this, Since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. A close relationship with him. He knew Moses and Moses knew him. When we allow ourselves to get close to God, there are things that we can encounter that we can't when we keep him at a distance. You see, Moses was about to find out what God was going to do, not only in him, but through him. This was a moment that was going to change Moses' life. Now remember, Moses is 80 years old now. He's tending to his father's sheep. 40 years prior, he was living in the palace with Pharaoh. And now he's tending sheep on the backside of the desert, not expecting anything but just to tend to his, his father's sheep. But in that moment, God shows up. And he's about to do something in Moses' life that Moses wasn't prepared for. He wasn't ready for. You see, before God can do anything through you, remember this, he has to first do something in you. Before God can do anything through you, he has to first do something in you. Forty years had passed. Moses has fled for his life, and he's, he's about to have an encounter with God. Why? Why 40 years? Why did it take so long? No one knows, but I do know and understand this, that in those 40 years, there were some things that God was trying to get out of Moses' life. Because if you live in Egypt for 40 years, you're going to have some Egyptian stuff in you. So before Moses could be the man of God that he called him to be, he had to get the Egyptian out of him. He had to get Egypt out of him. And what God's saying to us this morning is this, how close do you want to get? If you want to get really close, then guess what? Then you got to get some worldliness out of your life so that you can be the man or the woman that God's called you to be. Don't allow the worldliness to keep you from being the person that God's called you to be because he was getting something out of Moses. Why 40 years? I don't know. 40 years of just wandering around in the desert taking care of sheep. But God was doing something in him, and Moses probably didn't even know what he was doing. But he was taking things out of him that didn't need to be there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 says this, No man, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, Or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't have two masters in this world. There is one master and one master only, and his name is God. And the the question is, how close do you want to get to him? I'm not asking you if you want to come to church. I'm asking you, how close do you want to get to him? Because the closer that you get to him, the closer you feel him. But pastor, I can feel God from when he's a long way away. Okay, maybe you can. But the closer you get to him, you get to feel him more. You get to go deeper with him. You get to have that intimate relationship with God in your life the closer that you get to him. So you can't serve two masters. Having an encounter with God changes everything. It changes everything. Can I tell you this morning, I would not be standing here today if I would have not had an encounter with God. Because I can promise you, 20 years, 25 years ago, if you would have asked me that I'd be planning a church or pastoring in a church, I would honestly look at you and laugh at your face and go, ha ha, that's funny. But look what happens when people get close to God and allow God to do what God wants to in their life. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be committed to Him and be faithful to the call that God's placed on your life. 
Allow God to do things in your life that he's never done before. Can I ask you, are you bored with your Christian life right now? Are you bored with it? Can I tell you, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. If your Christian life is boring, it's not because of God, it's because of you. When you don't get close to things, when you don't allow things to happen in your life, things get boring. you got to change things up. you got to do things different if you want something else different. So get close to Him and allow Him to do the things that He wants to in your life. Look Look at Saul. Saul on the road to Damascus, when he had an encounter with God, it changed everything. It changed who he was. It changed how he thought. It changed who he would be. It even changed his name when he had an encounter with God. Number two is this. God uses strange things to get your attention. He uses strange things to get your attention. Look at verses 2 through 4. It says this. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, that it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush did not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Moses, the thing about Moses is a shepherd. He's been shepherding for the last 40 years, so he's been out in the desert. So I'm sure that he's seen these fires that just happened from lightning strikes and all this kind of stuff. So he's probably seen it. So, but, he, but he notices something about this bush. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. It's, it's, it's burning. I don't, have you ever set anything on fire? What happens to it? It disintegrates. It burns. Moses is looking at this bush, and it's not burning up. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. So Moses decides, you know what? I'm going to walk over and look at it. I'm going to get a little closer to see what's going on to, to this bush and, 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 and see what's going on with it. You see, the, bur- the bush was burning, but there's no ashes falling off of it because the fire was not consuming it. God uses things that don't make sense to us. You know why? So that when you see it, you'll go, that has to be God. God will do things in your life that other people will notice that they, have, they look at you and they go, man, that has to be God. There's no way that Steve Olvey could do that on his own. There's no way that Trent can do that on his own. There's no way that Tracy can do that on her own. That has to be the, the Spirit of God living inside of them. So when, we, when, we see, when he sees that thing burning, he, it, he looks at it. And he's like, man, what's going on? Do you remember the story of Balaam where, where God uses Balaam's donkey to speak to him? God uses strange things to get your attention. Why? Because he's trying to get your attention. You would think that, you would, that God would have your attention if he does a miracle in your life. Right? But sometimes it takes strange things to get your attention. And God's like, man, did you not just see what I did here? But now i got to go over here and use a donkey to speak to you. What's going on here? Something's wrong with this picture. But he sees that he uses this donkey to speak to Balaam. So God uses strange things to get our attention. Listen, it doesn't make sense all the time. And sometimes this doesn't even add up. But here's what I want you to do. When you have those moments that it doesn't make sense to you and you see that God is doing something, do what Moses did. Walk over it and investigate it. Walk over and look at it. Don't just stand from a distance and and, and admire it. But walk over and look at it. Walk over and investigate it and see what's going on. 
Look into it. Ask questions like Gideon did. When, when God begins to do things in our lives that don't make sense, listen to this. Don't walk away from God. Don't try to, fit, you know, try to figure it out or whatever. Don't walk away from it just because it doesn't make sense to you. But walk over and, and investigate it. Why? Because it could be in that moment that God calls you. And God reveals himself to you. Look at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, the Bible says that God called to Moses from within the bush. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Notice that when Moses got close to the bush, God called his name. He didn't say, hey buddy, or hey shepherd boy, or shepherd old man, whatever. He says, Moses. He called him by name. Why? Because Moses got close to where God was. He didn't stand back and go, well, that's a strange side. I'm just going to keep shepherding. But he walked over and investigated it. He looked at it. And in that moment, listen to me, 80 years old, 40 years after he then fled for his life, 80 years old, God puts a call of God on his life. That he was not expecting. But because he walked over to look at the bush, God called him. Moses, you're my next great leader. Moses, you're going to lead my people. Moses, I know the, the cries of my people. I hear them. I hear all it. Moses, you're going to lead my people. You're going to lead my people. Why? Because he got close to where God was. Sam, uh, no, Moses responded, here I am, God. Same response that Samuel said when God called him, here I am. Your servant is listening. God called Moses because Moses had put himself in a place to hear from God. He was in God's house. He was hanging out near God at the mountain of God. In verse 5, it says, Don't come clo any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place that you were standing is holy ground. Taking off your shoes was a sign of humility. As if Moses wasn't already humble enough, there was still some humbling going on in his life. You see, if you're ever going to be the leader, if you're ever going to be the leader that God's called you to be, please understand this. You have to serve with humility. You have to lead with humbleness. Because if you don't, then you'll never be able to be the leader that God's called you to be. You have to be humble. You have to learn to put others in front of yourself, even when it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you this morning, you got to humble yourself, because if you don't, I know somebody who will humble you. Humble yourself. Take off your shoes and understand that you're standing on holy ground. Verses 6 through 9 says this, Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this moment, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I, and I have been uh, concerned about their suffering. So now I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then he says, And the cry of the Israelites has reached me and have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. You know what happened in that moment? God revealed himself to Moses by declaring his relationship with the great men who had gone before him. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God says, hey Moses, guess what? The same God that was with Abraham, the same God that was with Isaac, the same God that was with Jacob, 
I'm that same God that's with you. And what I promised them, they haven't seen yet, but you're going to get to see the promise. Why? Because I've made a covenant with my people, and if you will follow me, you'll get to see it. You'll get to see it. God's made a promise to us. He's made a covenant. Listen, when Moses was on the backside of the desert tending sheep, do you think God forgot about him? Do you think that God had just walked away? No, he was still there. He was still dealing with Moses. Even though that Moses may have not have been where he was, he was still dealing with Moses. God had not forgot about who he was. He made a covenant with him that day, saying that Moses, I'm the same God that was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What he was basically saying was, Moses, I'm not some new God. I'm still the same God. The same God that was with Moses, the same God that was with Abraham, the same God that was with with all the mighty people in the Bible. He is the same God that wants to be with you and I this morning. He's not a new God. He's not doing anything. He's still God. He's still the same God. And what he's saying is, I made a covenant with you, and if you will follow it, if you will obey it, then you'll get to see the covenant that I made for you happen in your life. But you got to follow me. And when it doesn't make sense, you got to follow me. When it doesn't make sense to you, investigate it. Look into it. Don't walk away from it, because it could be the calling that God wants to place on your life. Just like he did Moses. You see, God heard the cries of his people. And he says that I have come down to rescue you. I think that to me when I read that, I thought that was funny that God's looking at Moses and he's saying, I have come down to rescue my people. And Moses was like, well, that's cool, God, way to go. Moses had no idea what he was talking about. You see, God doesn't have to use us. He doesn't need us. But he wants, to be, he wants, to be, uh, he wants us to be the vessel that he uses to reach people. He doesn't need me. He can do it all by himself. But he still wants me to be the vessel that he operates through. God could have done it all by himself. It's, but part of God's plan is to use people. is to use people to see that plan come to fruition in people's lives. Moses had no idea that he would be the vessel that God was going to use until this moment. Until God called him out. Until God called him out. Then God spoke over his life. So God uses strange things in our life. Number three is this. Ms. Karen, if I want to ask you to come on up at this time. The third and final thing is this. Put your focus on him. Put your focus on him. Look what verses 10 through 12 says. It says, now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, the famous three words that we all have said at some time in our life. Well, God, who am I? Who am I, God? In other words, I'm not worthy enough, God. I'm not good enough, God. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And here's what God said in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Can you imagine just for a moment? What Moses was feeling. He's been a shepherd for 40 years. He's encountered God in a moment. And God has spoken to him what he's about to do in his life. So Moses is thinking, you mean, God, you're you're asking me to go back to Pharaoh 
to where I committed murder, go back to the man that I fled from because he was going to kill me. You're asking me to go back and lead your people from him? That's what you're saying to me. And God said, yep, that's what I'm saying. But God, who am I? Who am I, God, that you would, that you would use me? I, I, I left. My, jeopardy, my life was in jeopardy because I killed somebody. God, why would you want to send me? You see, Moses didn't even really know who he was at that moment. Forty years Moses thought he knew who he was. He was going to be the prince of Egypt. And after 40 years of of chasing sheep around the desert, Moses didn't even have the same confidence that he had before. He didn't have the same confidence. He's looking at God going, God, why? Why me? Who am I? Sometimes we find ourselves in those moments where We've lost who we are. We don't have the same confidence as we did before. We don't have the same courage as we did before. At one time I knew that God was real, but I don't even know if He's real anymore. Have you ever been there before? I have. God, I, I don't have the confidence like I used to, God. I don't, I, something's, not, something's not right, God. Moses understood that that day. Who am I, God? Why would you call me? Why would you ask me? Look what, look what God said in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this is the sign to you that, that it is I who sent you. What God was doing in that moment and what I pray that God will do in your life is this. He was taking the fo- focus off of Moses and he was putting it back to where it belonged. See, in that moment, we do all what Moses does. God, who am I? And God's saying to us, listen, it's not about you. It's really not about us, guys. If you haven't figured that out, it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do through us. So God looks at Moses and said, hey, Moses, I need you to to refocus. Refocus, Moses. Because Moses was like, who am I? And you know what's cool about the story is God never answered Moses and who he was. All he said was this, I will be with you. He didn't answer Moses' question. He took the focus off of Moses and put it back to where it belonged, and that's on God. When you lose your focus, you need to refocus. When you can't see things straight, you need to refocus. I'm old. I'm getting old. I can't see like I used to, so guess what? I got readers now. Ha, 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 you're old, Chad. Last year, I could see really good close up. This year, I can't see. It's amazing what changes in a year. But it's amazing that when I put those readers on, you're just like, oh, man, that's really clear. Sometimes you got to refocus. You may have served God for 50 or 60 or 70 years. Refocus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through me. He was looking at Moses and he was saying, Hey, Moses, I know who you are. Moses, I know that you stutter. Moses, I know that you have a self-confidence problem. I understand that you have issues in your life, Moses. But guess what? It's not about that, Moses. It's about me and what I'm going to speak through you. He was trying to get Moses to focus where he needed to be. And his focus was on God. His focus was on God. 
You see, there may be some of you in this room this morning that has had a mishap in your life. That, that something has changed in your life and you're not, you're not close to God anymore or whatever. But can I tell you this morning is this. All you have to do is refocus. It's really not that hard. You just have to change where you are. Just stop what you're doing and get refocused. And say, God, I'm listening to you. God, I'm relying on you. God, I, I need you. Moses had a mishap when he was 40 years old that took his focus off of God. Because in that moment where, before Moses decided to take this man's life, he wasn't focused on God. He was focused on himself. But what Moses didn't know and understand is that for 40 years he's watching this sheep. That through those 40 years, God was preparing him to be the next great leader. He was preparing him to be the next great leader. Well, God, who am I? It doesn't matter, Moses. What matters is I, who I am through you. Verses 13 and 14 says this, and I'm closing. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask, well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God says this, I am who I am. I am who I am. All you have to do is look at them and say, I am has sent me. I am has sent me. Because he was getting Moses to understand this. That Moses, you're about to go up against a powerful, mean-spirited man. But understand this. That no matter how powerful, no matter how great, and no matter whatever Pharaoh thinks he is, the I am that lives inside of your life is greater than the one who you're fl you fled from. That's so, you, you're, Moses, you're going in, in me. It is me who is sending you. So when you feel like you can't do it, remember, I am who I am sent you. He was letting Moses know that there's no one equal to him. There's no one greater than he is, and there's no one more powerful than he is. There's never been a time where God did not exist, and he will always be there. No matter what we face, no matter how strong it may be in our life, there's nothing that's greater than the power of God that lives with inside of us. John chapter 5, verses 26 says this, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. It is God who gives life, and it is God who takes life. It's God who does everything in our lives. And if we will stay focused on Him and remain close to Him and, and work through the strange situations that God uses in our life, there's no telling what God will do in your life. I want you to stand with me this morning. If you would, just bow your heads just for a moment. You know, there, there are some people in the room that have served God for a long time. And there's some people in the room that hasn't served God for a long time. The God of yesterday is still the same God for today. And He will still be the same God tomorrow. Moses found his calling at 80 years old. 
one of the greatest leaders that we read of in the Bible. That led people, confused people, angry people, frustrated people. But he kept leading them. He kept leading them. And he kept leading them. Being a leader is not always easy. And it's not always fun. But when you have the I am with you, you can get through it. No matter what you face. See, in this room, there's great leaders. Leaders at home. Leaders at your job. Leaders in the community. But remember where your focus needs to be. And that's on him. That when it doesn't make sense, and it seems really strange, that's a moment for you to look at it and go, God's doing something in me and through this situation. Because you know that it wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for God. Father, today we thank you for your freedom. We thank you for your leadership, God. The God that you sent your only son to die on the cross for us when we didn't deserve it. But you looked at us and you said, I love them enough to do this. God says, I will remain faithful to you as long as you remain faithful to me. The Bible is clear. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and he will fill you. Then he will do everything else afterwards. Keep your focus where it needs to be. God, today I pray for this church. I pray for every individual that's in this room this morning that may not feel like they're a leader, but they are. May they not get caught up in their circumstances or their feelings, but God, may they get their eyes turned to where they need to be, and that is upon you. Because whether we feel like it or not, just as we spoke last week about Gideon, God looked at him and said, you're a mighty warrior. God, in this room, there are mighty warriors here today that just simply needs to keep fighting until the day that you come home. So God, give us strength. Empower us with everything that we need, Father, to do what it is that you've called us to do. And we know and understand that, God, that without you, that it never happens. We love you and we thank you. Bless every person that's here. Bless every family that's here. Those that are not here today, pour blessings out upon their life. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We will see you back here on Sunday. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you. So join us Sundays at 1030 a.m. or Wednesdays at 630 p.m. Have a blessed day.